What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears' future and what I think should happen for the 2021 season, um, and including the offseason and the NFL draft and, and everything else that comes into consideration with that. Um, there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about the QB situation. What's going on with that? Do I think we bring back Mitch? Do you ride with Nick Foles? Or do you invest in this deep, deep free agency quarterback class? And not all of them um, are actually free agents, but they are requesting a trade. So it, it brings it down into the scenario to where we can, you know, trade for some of these guys. We can right some wrongs that Ryan Pace and others have made in the past. Um we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Allen Robinson. We're going to talk about Cairo Santos, um, which will be a short conversation because let, breaking news, I think we should re-sign him um, to a three, four-year deal. Um, I think he's earned that. There's a lot of things that go into that because of age, but I think there is no doubt in my mind that he will be good for at least another two, three years. Um, we're going to start off with salary cap. There's a lot of things with the salary cap that can be going on right now. There's a lot of things I want to talk about. There's a lot of things that we don't know um, what the future holds with that. What I do know for a fact is this, and, and it's quite simple. There are going to be a lot of guys to cut to save money. And, and we're going to start off with that. We're going to start off by freeing up as much salary cap as we can. Um, before I talk about each position, each side of the ball, we're going to talk about who needs to go. And, and honestly, who's holding this team back from getting a huge free agent signing for getting one to two to three possibly free agent signings because of the fact that we're paying these guys more money than anybody really thinks um so we're going to start it off we're going to talk about it right now my first candidate right now is obvious um you know he had a concussion it was pretty serious from what i understand is because he missed various games he missed several games if i'm not mistaken um buster screen buster screen missed a lot of games but he also wasn't great while he was here um, he really wasn't. It was a cheap signing. You know, you don't want to pay guys like Bryce Callahan. So you go and grab Buster Screen and pray it works out. He's just older now. It's not working out. Um, Buster Screen is my first to go. And, and there's a lot of things that go into that. But number one, it's age. Buster Screen's age. He's 31 years old, turning 32 this year. Um, and he's not getting any better. He's digressing. He's not you know, ever going to reach a potential to where he could be better. No doubt in my mind that the best we've seen in Buster Screen's career is is in the past. Um, the 2021 cap hit of Buster Screen is $6.1 million. Dead cap is $3.3 million. Um, by cutting Buster Screen save, right now, save Chicago $2.8 million. If you, if you, um, if you cut him post-June, um, it, saves him fi- it saves us $5 million. Now, the biggest thing with that and the biggest thing about it is do, are you willing to wait till June to trade for trade for a quarterback or are you are you willing to wait that long because that's after the draft they might not be available Deshaun Watson um Aaron Rodgers and Sam Darnold we really don't know what's going to happen with them and so many others as well that we're going to talk about um Matthew Stafford if I didn't say that already um you don't know if they're going to be there by June you know it's not like the Khalil Mack situation where you knew going into the draft that Khalil Mack wasn't going to be a Raider the next year um, that really just came out of nowhere with it. John Gruden just didn't want to pay him. And, um, and, and you know, I mean, that's a stupid decision by John Gruden, but it is what it is. But things like that happen all the time. Jamal Adams, you really didn't know what was going to happen with him until he made it clear um, that summer of that he didn't want to be a New York Jet unless he was getting paid. And, and there's so many other factors that go into this. Um, so by cutting Buster Screen... Honestly, you might want to. It depends what the QB situation is. If you think you can get one of these guys later on, obviously you want the five million dollars. Um, 
but for free agency wise, I would just cut them right now because you obviously understand that you know free agency is going to end. Free agency is going to end by June. There's no doubt in my mind that all these guys are going to be signing the teams by June, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. So I would just take the uh, take take the cut now. Take the three, basically three million dollars, and move on about your day. Um, next up, and we're going to be talking about it right now, is Bobby Massey. This signing I never understood. I understood Charles Leno to an extent um, because he did make a Pro Bowl that year. I believe he was a Pro Bowl alternative um, in 2018. But Bobby Massey's extension was just idiotic. It just didn't make any sense to me in the world. It was one of those things where he's not a bad player, but he's not a great player at all either. Um, he's 31 years old, turning 32 by the next season. He's 6'6", 315 pounds. He has injury issues. Um, if you His salary cap for 2021 is going to be hitting $9.3 million, dead cap of 2.6. Um, cutting Bobby Massey right now saves $6.7 million. Uh, if you cut him again post-June, it saves Chicago $8 million. So like I said, it's an extra $2 million, but no one's really going to be available by then. There might be guys like Antonio Brown out there um, or, or or others, but you know it's it's not going to be the best of the best. Um, so honestly, I would cut I would cut Bobby Massey because we're most likely going to be talking about the draft and talking about a, a right tackle or any kind of tackle um, to take it in, in regards to that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that we're taking an offensive lineman in either the first or the second round, um, depending on where we're staying at or where we're, we're where we're at in the draft capital wise. I think we should be around um, twenty to twenty five in the draft. I don't know, but you know, we'll we'll see when we get there. Um, next up is Charles Leno Jr. Charles Leno Jr. is one of those interesting candidates because I just find him lazy. Charles, Charles, sorry, Charles Leno Jr. is one of those guys I find so talented. He could be one of the best in the league, um, but he's just lazy. I just feel like he doesn't put in the effort. I've heard rumors about that otherwise um, from other people, and and it's one of those things where I just don't understand the contract as well because, like I said, Charles Leno Jr. is old as well. I don't believe he's as old as um, Bobby Massey, but I believe he's like a year younger. Um, Charles Leno Jr. is 29 years old. He will be turning 30 this year. He's 304 pounds um, six feet four, six foot four. Um, he's, it's one of those things though, where if he just, I just feel like if he put in the work in the gym, which I don't know if he does, I, I'm not there. I cannot say he doesn't. It's just the vibe I get. It is what I'm hearing from other people inside the bears organization. Um, and from others that, that are reliable sources. And it's one of those things where, you know, the cap hit for him is eleven million, eleven $11.2 million, and, and the dead cap is 5.0. I mean, it's one of those, for 2021, it's one of those things where he's making so much money to not be an elite guard, or an elite tackle. And by cutting him, it saves Chicago $6.2 million. If you cut him um, after June, it saves Chicago $9 million. It's one of those things where he's making so much money but not putting in enough effort. Now, towards the end of this season, I will say, he was looking better when you know when um, Bill Lazor was taking over running the ball more. He was looking better using Mitchell Trubisky's um, mobility was just so much better for him. I believe he was top five at the position towards the end of the year, um, in like a five six game span. But regardless, is that going to be consistent? Or are we going to keep seeing that more? Because going into twenty twenty one, it seems like Matt Nagy's taking uh, calling plays back over, and he's probably going to make this spiel about how oh he deserves to call plays again because. He's taken the offseason to better himself and figure everything out and this whole line of bullshit that he's going to feed us um, that we all know isn't going to be true. It's, it might look that way, but it's not. It's not It's not. It's not in the slightest. Um, the only way this gets fixed is if there's a quarterback situation where the quarterback is going to 
keep him accountable and call him out. Someone like Aaron Rodgers, someone like Matthew Stafford, even Deshaun Watson. There's no doubt in my mind that Nick Foles isn't going to say anything because he respects him. He's been with him so long. Um, Nick Foles does make it clear that he isn't going to do stupid shit. Um, he has argued with Nagy on the sideline before, but the, it, go, it gets to a point to where someone needs to just be blamed. And, and no one's going to do that better than Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you're watching his interviews lately, I mean, you, you can see that it's clear. He's very uncertain about his future. Um, but we're not talking about Matt Nagy right now. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, next up is Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, now this one's interesting because I still feel like Jimmy Graham um, is is great for this team, is going to be used correctly. But really, the only reason he's here is because, number one, we needed a tight end at that position. We didn't know how Cole Komet was going to be. We needed someone to mentor Cole Komet. And now that it's year two for Cole Komet, I really don't feel like he needs to be mentored anymore. I think it's fine. I mean, you can always say there is so much more to learn. He could still be mentored. Um, but I think it, it would be fine if we cut him. Now, here's the reason why. In 2021, he makes $10 million. Dead cap is 3 mil. Cutting him right now saves Chicago $7 million. Um, he had a good 2020, it says, but he's likely gone for this offseason, whether he's going to retire or not. Um, and we really don't know. I mean, and we saw how it ended. We saw him catch the touchdown by Mitchell Trubisky at the very end of the game in the wild card um, against the New Orleans Saints. And he just, he didn't even celebrate or anything. He just walked right into the tunnel. So it's possible that we actually see him retire to the point where we don't even have to pay him. Um, and we just get the whole, we get the whole salary cap for that dumped. Um, it's going to be one of those interesting takes though, where we really don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, there are other guys like Danny Trevathan that I just don't see we, us needing to cut right now. Um, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, one other person I want to talk about before we start the video, before we really dive into what's going on. Um, from the top to the bottom. I and mean, what's what are we going to do? What is the best for us? Um, we're going to talk about Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn right now, for me, um, needs to be traded. And, and here's why. I understand, you know, and, and this might bite me in the butt later on because he might have an amazing 2021 season. And if that is the case, that is amazing. I am rooting for you. Um, but he's making too much money. He's making too much money to only have about two sacks on the season. Um, I understand you, par you had a partial foot fracture from what I'm hearing. Um, but you also really, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's next man up. And, and if you were injured to that extent, then you shouldn't have played. And that's just the facts. Um, if you felt the need to play, then you obviously should be producing. If you, if you don't want to tell your coaches that you're injured, you're putting a team in a bad position. You're going to make us look bad. Um, you're putting us in jeopardy because you're the weak link. You're injured. Um, it's one of those things where there's blood in the water and the offense is going gonna, is gonna to smell that out just like a shark. Um, and they did, and they did perfectly because Khalil Mack was literally, um, one of the only reliable guys. And, and, you know, you have Belial Nichols, who was a late, late to the party, um, for the season, but he looked amazing. You have Akeem Hicks, who was always doing that, but pass rushing wise, Khalil Mack was doing that by himself. Excuse me. Um, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, we need to get better at this. We need to figure this out. We need to figure out the pass rush because it's not, it's not, you know, we're not going anywhere. We need Khalil Mack to have somebody reliable. You see guys like Leonard Floyd have a huge season um, in LA with the Rams. And, and it's one of those things where you wish you could get that back. You wish we could have figured that out with him here, but it, it is what it is. And we have to move on from it. Now with Robert Quinn, I say you trade him for a fourth round, fifth round pick, whatever you can get for him. Um, if that you really don't get, you don't really get that good of draft capital for guys that age for that much money. Uh, we could look up his money right now and how much he makes, but I can tell you, I mean, no one really wants to take on that contract right now. Ryan Pace really like messed up. 
Um, it's $30 million fully guaranteed, $70 million deal, five years. Um, so he's got four years left on the deal. I believe there is an opt-out after two to three years. But um, we don't really have two to three. No, yeah, it's definitely three years because I feel like we would have this conversation and be hearing about that more right now um, if he could opt out right now. Um, average, averages $14 million a year. I mean, it's potential opt-out is 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be making 11 million, a lot, uh, $11.5 million with a, <laughs> with a signing bonus. I mean, it's one of those things where you just really hate to see it. Um, you know, we just don't want this. He's 30 years old right now. He's going to be turning 31, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we just don't need this. We don't need this on the contract. We need to figure this out. And honestly, um, there are other guys I truly do believe deserve this shot. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Travis Gibson. We drafted Travis Gibson um, in this year's draft or in last year's draft. And, and we haven't seen him. We barely see him at all. Number 99. If you want to watch his tape, watch his tape. The kid is electrifying. The kid is solid. I truly do believe um, if we give Travis Gibson a shot, he could become something special for this team. We just have to... Give him the opportunity. I mean, anybody with Khalil Mack can look good. So that's just that's to say itself. At least he'd be doing something. Um, Travis Gibson, if you haven't, if you are unaware of him, he's a big man too. I mean, this kid is not to be played with. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty-three pounds. He's versatile. He's athletic. He he's fast. I mean, he's smart. He has a better a better IQ than a lot of the guys going into um, the draft than you would think. I mean, it's one of those things where. I'm not trying to say he's going to be a top talent in the league, but he's going to be definitely be producing better than him. And I truly do believe we should have seen him and um, Robert Quinn take sharing snaps this year. If your if your foot is truly injured, you know, stay off it as much as you can. You come in you come in big time situations and you make big time plays. The rest of the time, give Travis Gibson the snacks. Um, and that's and that's just the facts because it's going to work for not only Robert Quinn. But it'll work for Travis Gibson to get experience. Now he's going to be going in the year two, just like Riley Ridley um, was this year with zero experience. And he's probably still going to not get any experience. Now there's Sam Desa- or, um, Sean Desai, who I truly, you know, I, I hope works out. Um, we're going to be talking about that next. We're going to be talking about coaches. We're going to be diving into that, the defensive coordinating, the offensive coordinating, um, all of it. Now here's my biggest thing we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about top to bottom. Um, top to bottom right now, we're going to get it out of the way. Right now, I think Ryan Pace, this is your last shot. This is your last shot. Ted Phillips, <laughs> I mean, Ted Phillips, the Ted Phillips can blow up this team right now. He can literally fire everybody and, and sign nothing but, you know, flag football players. And, and literally, <laughs> literally, he won't be fired. Um, the McCaskies just love him. I don't understand why. George McCaskey made it a point that um, he's a businessman, not a football man. Um, which I have so many issues with, and it just makes zero sense to me because when you are the Chicago Bears, you are the face of the Chicago Bears, you own them, um, you need to be a football guy. Now, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to talk about that because that's a conversation for a different day. Um, but Ted Phillips has to go. You know, I was hoping he was going to retire at the end of this year, but it seems like he's not. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, you just pray for the day, I guess. Um, Virginia McCaskey fully gave it to George. It's, it's all his decisions. It really has been for a very long time now. Um, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace keeping Matt Nagy, I believe, will be the death of him. It's his Achilles heel. I mean, he made a horrible hire. I truly do believe. Um, a, a huge part of me. And if you watch my early podcast, it's, it's, I make it very clear. I mean, I've always been a Mitchell Trubisky supporter. I, I, am, I agree with the draft pick. Um, I would have taken Deshaun Watson. 
Um, there's, there's other times I, I've said, you know, I would trade it for Jimmy Garoppolo and then drafted somebody um, like Christian McCaffrey to fix that running back position as well full time. Um, but, you know, I agree that Mitchell Trubisky has the potential to be that number two overall pick, that number one quarterback taken off the board next to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Now, what you fail to do, and see when you realize it, and, and it's, it's very simple. He put the right team together. He really did, but he didn't get the right coordinators in there. You, you, were, you aced it with Vic Fangio. You truly did, trying to keep him around as long as possible. But Vic just wanted to leave, and there's nothing you can do about that. Um, Matt Nagy just won Coach of the Year. I'll give him that in 2018 after going 12-4, and leading the Bears to the playoffs. Um, you know, you can't, you can't fire him after that. You can't be like, all right, we're going to let you go now. Like, you can't do that. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, um, Big Fangio would have worked out with us, but it, in that time and place, you just can't do that. Anyways, um, but it wasn't the right guy for Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that was the big issue because Mitchell Trubisky was there first. So really, you sh- I think a big part of that was Mitchell Trubisky should have been asked, who do you like? Who you should have invested that. And you see that with Deshaun Watson right now. Deshaun Watson didn't agree with the GM hiring, didn't agree with the coaching hiring. So he wants out. And, and it, has a big, it has a big thing to do with all of it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers feels the same way. He, he feels like his opinions don't get, um, don't get put across and they, and they don't get taken into consideration. So he possibly wants out. I mean, we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, but, you know, Ryan Pace, man, if, if you lose Mitchell Trubisky and you still have a losing season where you don't win more than eight games, you're gone. And so is Matt Nagy. And that's just a fact. Sean Desai... Sean Desai was an interesting hire. I, I heard there were rumors about Lovey Smith or Mike Singletary or um, re- hiring Robert Saleh and, and just kicking Matt Nagy. But, you know, obviously we're with Sean Desai, um, the safeties coach for the Chicago Bears ever since I believe he's been here since like 2013. Um, so obviously he knows what he's doing. But it's just it's one of those things where we have such a good defense. I, mean, I worry about it because you want a, a sure thing. You don't want an experiment. What this reminds me of um, – and it truly does. It reminds me of David Ross being hired by Theo Epstein to be the Chicago Cubs manager right before Theo made an exit. It seems like you're just hiring a friend to not only be safe, um, to not only you know try to keep some kind of culture, I guess you could say, um, that, the, that the Bears defense is used to, um, but it's, it's just a very safe move. It's a very safe move for Ryan Pace. Um, it's, a, it's a cheap move as well. Now, I think it could work out. I'm not really going to talk that long into it. There's a lot of things going into it. There's a lot of different um, things we can talk about, but I don't know that much about Sean Desai yet. I need to see more. I need to see preseason games. I need to see how we're going to be looking at training camp, and then I'll evaluate that. I even need to see who's even going to be on the team because we really have no idea um, what's going to happen with Buster Screen, if Danny Trevathan retires, Robert Quinn you know, getting traded. We really don't know. This is just my perfect scenario right now. So as of right now, off the team, off the team right now is Buster Screen, Bobby Massey, Possibly Charles Leno Jr. Um, and Jimmy Graham. And that's just the facts. That's just the facts. There's so many people um, that's going to say we need Jimmy Graham. I guess you can keep him. But at the end of the day, we need to dump salary. Um, and we can figure it out later. There's going to be so many draft picks this year. There's going to be so much draft capital. And it's insane. If you really do think about it, um, Ryan Pace hits later in the drafts. So that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to do. And that's how we're going to figure it out. Um, now, let's jump right into it right now. What I think about free agency and the quarterback situation. I'm so excited to talk about this. It's one of those things I've been waiting to talk about this entire video. Um, Aaron Rodgers. 
that's number one. Aaron Rodgers said his future with the Green Bay Packers is uncertain. He doesn't know what's going to or the offseason, it's uncertain. He doesn't know how it's going to go. They just drafted Jordan Love to be his successor. Um, you know, I mean, he just won an MVP year, and, and at the end of the day, that's back-to-back NFC championships that he's lost in a 13-3 and season. Um, when you really think about the Green Bay Packers, and this is not a video about the Packers, but I have to be honest. When you have that first-round pick and you take a quarterback, and your current quarterback <laughs> wins MVP that same year, you're an idiot. I don't care if it's a successor. I don't care if he gets better. Here's the reason why it doesn't make sense. They go, oh, well, they did that with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? That's why both of them only have one ring apiece. That's, that, that doesn't make any sense. Now, here's what you could have did. You could have drafted Chase Claypool. You could have gave him Lazard. You could have gave him Adams. You could have gave him Claypool. And... Um, and Marquez, or Marquez. I mean, there's just so and, and Aaron, Aaron Jones as well. You could have drafted Cole Komet. You could have kept Jimmy Graham. You could have um, you could have got Jalen Johnson or so many others. We can do this all day, man. I mean, Darnell Mooney was available as well. There's just so many different options that they could have went, um, and they didn't. And and frankly, I think that's why Aaron Rodgers is as frustrated um, as he is. And I I think. To make it to make it clear, I think one of the biggest issues with him is that he feels like he's not getting enough weapons as he should. It's one of those things where, now let me check which uh, actual um, which actual place they were at. Um, Green Bay had the twenty sixth pick overall. There's so many other players taken, and I'm reading off the list right now. Um, Clyde Edwards Harland from from the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean. That's another one. I mean, T. Higgins was a wide receiver they could have taken. Um, Kyler, Kyle Duggar. I mean, Xavier McKinney, DeAndre Swift, um, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Cole Komet, Grant Delpet. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on. Darnell Mooney, uh, Jalen Johnson. I mean, Jalen Hurts. I mean, that would have been, you know, the same situation. But J.K. Dobbins, um, the list goes on and on, and I'm not going to continue to do it because – you know, it's just a it's just a long list, and we don't need to be having this conversation right now. But my point is that I'm trying to make is if they would have just given him another weapon, I truly do think that they would have been in the Super Bowl right now. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, you had to do something to compete with the Tom Brady situation because you have Mike Evans. Um, you didn't know he had Antonio Brown, but it was obvious. You know, it was a possibility. Um, Chris Godwin. I mean, you knew they were going to get guys like Leonard Fournette, and they were going to try to get that um, if the opportunity became available. Um, Miller and so many others. I mean, Gronk. I mean, you knew Gronk was coming back. Um, you had O.J. Howard and so many others. It's just one of those things where you need to figure it out. So with the Chicago Bears going after Aaron Rodgers, I think would be interesting. Now, they're going to ask for a lot, especially if we want the pick. They're going to try to milk us for as much as we can get or as much as they can get. And it's going to be one of those very interesting things to where I really don't know if it's worth it at the end of the day or not. And, and the same for Deshaun Watson. The shame for Deshaun Watson, and, and my main reasoning with that right now is he seems to have picked either um, the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins. And the biggest thing with that, I think, is, you know, you really, you really know that he wants to go somewhere else. He obviously made it true. He followed Chicago Weatherman and all that. But I think the main point of that was just to make it known that he wanted out. I mean, you know, I mean, I doubt he actually really considered playing here um, because we passed up on him. But also, do you want to give that many draft picks away? For someone you could have drafted four years ago. It's one of those things you really, it's really interesting. And, and you know, if we're going to talk about the quarterback situation, we also have to say, um, do you bring back Mitch? 
Now, personally, I would bring back Mitch. I would have brought back Mitch, hired Robert Saleh or Eric Bieniemy, and gave Matt Nagy the boot because he's the reason Mitchell Trubisky isn't progressing the way he should be. Um, but that is, mo- that is not realistic. That is not something I think they're going to consider. I think Ryan Pace is going to move on from that because the only way he can save his job right now is if he gets a top-tier quarterback. Um, so obviously, you know, I-, I made it clear that I would love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers' game. I hate the Packers. Fuck the Packers. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he's an amazing athlete. But he's older. So I would not give three, two to three first-round draft picks for Aaron Rodgers whose contract is only, I believe, two more years after this. I mean, including that season. So we would only have him for two years. Um, you really don't know what would happen after. I truly do think he ends up in somewhere like New England or San Francisco. Um, and that's just the facts. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is available. Do I think we go after Jimmy Garoppolo? After all, the in- if this was the year he was taken out of New England and gone to San Francisco, I would say yes. But after the ACL, after the ankle, after the shoulder and all the other stuff, I say no. Um, I think it's something that it would be awesome to consider. He's from Illinois. I think that would be dope. Um, but no, I don't, think, I don't think that's the move. Next up, I want to talk about Sam Darnold. So many people love Sam Darnold and talk about Sam Darnold as being this top-tier quarterback that has potential, but the Jets are awful. Um, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to have to pass on that. And here's the reason why. Um, the Houston Texans were just as awful. They really were. They were just as... They were just as awful. They had the worst record, or one of the worst records in the league as well. But Deshaun Watson still made them win games. Still got them a couple, a couple wins this year. Um, and that's the difference. Sam Darnold is not that man. And Sam Darnold, to me, is a, uh, is a less mobile Mitchell Trubisky. And he's just, he's not. I mean, the reason he gets eaten up is because he can't see the pass rush coming at him from a mile away. Um, he, he's, he's immobile. He's not as accurate. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things about Sam Darnold and I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to say that he can't become an elite, um, quarterback in this league. But as of right now, we are in a win now situation. We need somebody who knows how to win right now, who's ready, who will give it his all. Um, and Sam Darnold just has a lot of growing to do. He's never actually had real offensive weapons to blend with. So we really don't know what he is. Um, so I'm not willing to take that chance. Something I want to talk about right now. And, and it's one of the most important points, to me at least, um, is Matthew Stafford. I want to talk about Matthew Stafford, and I want to talk about why I think he belongs on the Chicago Bears. Um, Matthew Stafford is obviously, you know, he's, he's getting older, but he's still amazing. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in this league. He's just on a shitty team who just got a new coach, and Matthew Stafford apparently has demanded a trade, um, or he is going to be demanding a trade. There are places like San Francisco... Um, New England and, and um, the Broncos and Denver and, and so many other places um, he can go. But I think he'd be perfect with the Chicago Bears. In the regular season, with a horrible team, 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a 96.3 rating. The man was amazing. The man was amazing. Um, I mean, I, f- I forget how old he even is, and he's throwing over 4,000 yards. The Chicago Bears, if you really look at it, We've never had a quarterback throw over 4,000 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Ever. I mean, I just I can't think of one season where any quarterback threw over 4,000 yards. It's one of those things where, and he's 32 years old, turning, um, he's going to be turning 33 on February 7th, 2021. Now, I don't care. He's got two years left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. I truly do believe we are in a win-now situation. You know, we'll get his successor, maybe... Um, you know, uh, DJ from Clemson or something like that later on in, in next year's draft or in two years from now. Um, Spencer Rattler, something like that. You know, we'll figure it out. 
Um, but I truly do believe you give him Anthony Miller. And now listen to me, listen to me. You got to understand now. You give him a third round pick for this year, Anthony Miller. And then you give him a first round pick for the following year. And then you get Matthew Stafford. Now here's the why. How you get Matthew Stafford. And it, and it transitions to my next topic. Free agency. Everybody wants to keep Allen Robinson. I don't. I really don't. Um, there are a lot of moments Allen Robinson could have shown me that he deserves that top dollar money. Um, and, and Tyro Santos actually proved to me he deserves it more than Allen Robinson does. To get paid, that is. Not to get that same amount of money, obviously. But um, there were just moments, you know, that in the beginning of the year, he, he, handed the, he handed his defender three interceptions like in back-to-back-to-back games where it was, it was a 50-50 ball, and he literally just handed the ball to him, and he got a turnover. And I was like, dude, this is, this is making Mitch look bad. It's making Foles look bad. It's looking bad. Then we see um, he literally looks at the fourth down mark, and he looks at the chains, and, and he forgets this. He, he steps out instead of stepping forward, and we lose the game. I believe it was, that was in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, um, but I forget. Um, it's one of those things where I just really think if we went after Kenny Galladay, we can get Matthew Stafford. I really do believe that. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Chicago native. We had a chance to draft him in 2017, and we didn't. We drafted Adam Shaheed and Mr. Trubisky instead. Yada, yada, yada. The rest is history. Um, there were so many guys we drafted over Adam Shaheen. It's not, or we drafted in, um, Adam Shaheen instead of, I should say, um, which, is, which is just a shame because there were Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, um, so many others. I just don't want to talk about it. George Kittle. Um, but anyways, you grab Kenny Galladay, who I believe is 27 years old. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, a Chicago native. He's going to play at home. He's, on, he's a, so close with Matthew Stafford that I truly do believe it would work out perfectly. It would be a perfect scenario, and nobody would see it coming. Nobody thinks that the Chicago Bears are going to try to um, grab Kenny Galladay because we have Matthew Stafford, or not Matthew Stafford, we have Allen Robinson. So why wouldn't we? Yeah, he was born November 3rd, so he's going to be on the Chicago Bears as a 27-year-old, turning 28 this year, um, towards the end of this year. 6-4, I mean, the kid is just a star receiver. You're a Chicago native, just like the Derrick Rose story, um, Jabari Parker, and so many others. Come home. Come home. Jason Kipnis. We, the list goes on and on. Cole Komet as well. Cole Komet is an Illinois native. Um, you would just love to see that happen. You would just love for him to join the team. It's an even more of a more reason to get um, Matthew Stafford. And it's more of a reason to understand what's going to happen in the draft. Because everybody thinks, you know, and obviously um, the trade scenario isn't perfect. You know, we don't know if Anthony Miller would be a part of that package. But if they're losing Kenny Galladay, I don't understand why they wouldn't um, want oh, a- 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 Anthony Miller. Sorry. Um, and it's a contract year for him as well. And I doubt, I really don't want to pay Anthony Miller. I believe we've seen the best of him. Darnell Mooney has definitely taken that position as the number two receiver on this team. Potentially the number one receiver if Allen Robinson leaves. Um, so yeah, Anthony Miller, as good as he is, I would rather stick out with Riley Ridley um, than that. Now, we're also going to have a conversation about the wide receiver court. We just talked about the quarterback situation. I believe Nick Foles, dump him wherever you got to dump him. Keep Tyler Bray. Um, if you can keep Nick Foles, that's fine, but I would rather have Matthew Stafford wearing number nine for the Chicago Bears at QB1. So that's official. Um, now, next up, I said, obviously, my wide receiver core. Traded Anthony Miller. Now, there's a possibility we can, we can keep Anthony Miller, so, you know, it's 50-50. Your wide receiver core, indefinitely, though, the way I'm looking at it, would be Kenny Galladay is number one. Um, Darnell Mooney is number two. You have Riley Ridley, who 
I truly do believe if we just focused on him in this offseason, he could be productive. Every time he does something, he's productive. You just don't give him enough opportunity. Javon Wims, cut him. Get out of, get out of here. Go. Do whatever you got to do. After that fight against the Saints, and then, and then after the catch against, the non-catch, I should say, against the Saints, get out of here. You're done. Go, go box or something. I don't care. Um... See you. Good riddance. Uh, and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm just over it. Um, next up, you got other guys. You know, I mean, we could find somebody in the draft like Rondell Moore. Um, I find really interesting, and I think he's a huge sleeper in the class. I truly do believe we can get someone like that. Um, you know, running back position-wise, you still have Tariq Cohen coming back. You have Artavius Pearson at RB number one. You have David Montgomery, who's taking huge steps. Um, we're, we're solid there. We don't got to make any moves. We have the quarterback positions find, figured out with Matthew Stafford. Now we're going to be talking about the offensive line. The offensive line with that first-round draft pick we still have because we gave um, Detroit a first round for 2022. We gave them a third for this year. Maybe you can get away with a fourth. Um, now that's interesting. See, because I think, you know, you have Cody White here at center, James Daniels at, at uh, left guard. And then you keep Sam Mustafer and you put him at right guard. Or Alex Bars is, and you keep Alex Bars as well. And you rotate them at right guard. Um, maybe you put um, Alec, Alec Bars at um, right tackle. And then you draft Alex Leatherwood around 2025, whatever the draft pick is for us. Um, Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Alex Leatherwood is a stud. Alex, Alex Leatherwood. Um, is, is potentially a huge sleeper in this league. He's 6'6". Uh, how much does he weigh? 312 pounds. He's one of those guys that I truly think is going to make a difference for any team that he goes to. He is without a doubt a stud. I mean, he would take that left tackle position and he would run with it. He would not be getting beat. There's other guys though. Rashawn um, Slater is someone interesting as well, I think, from Northwestern. He knows Chicago. He's fine with the cold. He's 6'3", 315 pounds. Um... I don't think we're going to be able to draft either, or have draft both, I should say. So I think if you're really going to look at it, though, I think you draft um, Alex Leatherwood because, you know, I mean, he played in primetime games. He played in the national championship. He's a national champion. Um, he knows what it takes to win. He's blocked for guys. Um, <laughs> he's blocked for some of the, some pretty badass dudes, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, he's blocked for Mac Jones entering the draft, uh, Jalen, Jalen Waddell, so many others, Devontae Smith, and their running back as well. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Um, Najee Harris, he blocked for Najee Harris. I mean, it's just one of those things that you have to take in consideration. This man knows what it takes to win. He's part of a winning culture. You, he worked with Nick Saban um, and, and, their, and their offensive lineman coaching. Um, it's just, it's just going to be very interesting to see that going forward and what it's going to take to do that. I mean, I think Alex Leatherwood is the, most definitely, if he is available, is our first-round pick. If not, Rashawn Slater or best available um, at that position, though. We're not going to be going anywhere else like best position player. Um, we're not going to be doing that. Um, next round, second round. If he's available, which I think he might be, I think we have a solid chance. I think you either move up to get him um, – or, or if he's just available. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore looks like one of the most interesting wide receivers to me in this class. Um, there are going to be a guy, you know, obvious guys like Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, um, Jalen Waddell, and so many others. But he is just different. This kid's speed, this kid's athleticism, I truly do believe you put him in the slot, he is going to be something special. Um, Rondell Moore is someone I think that 
would honestly help, especially if we have Kenny Galladay and Darnell Mooney at the one and two. You have Riley Ridley, but that's really it. That's really all as far as you'll go because you're not going to have enough money to make as many more um, free agent signings. So you grab someone like that. Um, now, like I said, your offensive line now, you really don't need to focus on. You have Alec, uh, you have, um, not um, Alec, I'm sorry, I'm tweaking right now. I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> you have uh, Alex Leatherwood at the left tackle position. You have um, James Daniels at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Sam Mustaford at uh, right guard, and then you have Alec Bars at, at right tackle. And you can rotate um, Sam and others, and, and Alec, you know, you can do right guard, right tackle, you could switch them, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, whatever figures out the best for them. Because I do believe in both of them. I do believe in the Notre Dame men. I do believe in where they come from, and I do believe what they're about. Um, now, we're going to be talking about the Buster screen position. If you're going to take a cornerback in the fourth round, third round, whatever that pick is because of the Detroit thing, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because, you know, you obviously have Kyle Fuller. You obviously have Jalen Johnson. But you need that nickel. You need that guy to replace Buster Screen. And, and it's obviously going to be easy. It's, it's, it's going to be something very easy, I think, that we could fulfill and that we could find in the fourth round because there are a lot of athletic, speedy guys that we could figure out um, what to do with. Now, I don't have any guys by name. I'll do that in my draft predictions. Um, but, yeah, that's obviously your next big thing. Now, there is somebody I thought would be interesting for the Chicago Bears, and that's Chaz Surratt from North, uh, North Carolina. The Tar Heels, and, and, you know, I really do think he would be the best to work with Roquan Smith. I know Danny Trevathan's getting older, um, but there's just nothing you can do about it. There's just nothing nothing you can do about that. So we're, we're now on the, um, the tight end situation. The tight end situation, just get a body. Just get somebody out there that can play with Cole Komet to an elite level. Um, get him in the fifth, sixth round. It doesn't really matter. You know, most of the targets are going to Cole Komet. And, and you really, you, you, you want to say, oh, how can you say that? You need to, you need to have a dynamic duo. And, and for most of you guys, I just want to, who is legitimate on Kansas City as a tight end position other than Travis Kelsey? Who is the backup to George Kittle? Who is um, <laughs> so many others? I mean, who, who is the other tight end in uh, Seattle? I mean, it's it's not that they're bad players. It's just you think of Greg Olson, you think of um, you think of Kittle, you think of Ge- um, not Gibson. I'm sorry, um, Kelsey, and you think of so many others. You really just don't need to do that. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to have a number two as long as your number one plays to an elite level. I mean, Travis Kelsey was number two in receiving yards this year. Um, Stephon Diggs was number one. It's one of those things, though. I truly do believe we're gonna be fine without him. We're gonna be fine without Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, that's just like, you know, blah, 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 when we only had Trey Burton, and it doesn't always work out that way. Trey Burton was a different situation. He was never healthy. Um, he always had things going on, whether it was on or off the field. It was just a bad situation. It is not the same. Adam Shaheen, it is not the same. I mean, Jimmy Graham, it is not the same. Um, so I truly do believe Cole Komet takes that next step this year. I mean, he looks better at blocking. He looks better at catching. He looks more comfortable. Hopefully, we get to see that more. We get to see a more consistent him, uh, the best version of himself. Now, um, going into that, we also have a strong safety position that needs to be filled because Tashawn Gibson is a free agent. You do that in the sixth round. You get a speedy guy. Um, or maybe even you, Rashawn, you, you uh, re-sign Rashawn, or Tashawn, I'm sorry. Um, it's one of those things where he is going to be cheaper because he, didn't, he wasn't as effective as he should have been. Um, I think he liked it here. I think he likes working with Eddie Jackson, especially now that the safeties coach is the defensive coordinator. I truly do believe he might stay. So on a cheap deal. So we, we're going to keep Deshaun Gibson. Um, 
Obviously, uh, I don't know if you keep Pat O'Donnell. I think if you get him on a cheap deal, I think that's fine. I love Patty. Um, you keep Cairo Santos. Everything else looks great. And I think you're set. And we're going to be talking about it right now. We're going to have a discussion on what the lineup actually looks like. And we're going to and we're going to knock it down and tell me if you think this is a you know um, a championship roster. I mean, the quarterback position. You have Matthew Stafford and possibly Nick Foles in your quarterback room. I mean, it, it's going to look solid. You have Tyler Bray at the third string. That's whatever it is. What it is. Um, and, and that's pretty solid. Then you have Kenny Galladay, um, Darnell Mooney, possibly Rondell Moore or, or Anthony Miller. You're not going to have both. Um, and Riley Ridley. And it's one of those things where I think the wide receiver core will look the best that it has in years, even without Allen Robinson. Uh, the running back core, the running back core is solid, especially if Artavius Pierce continues to develop and they actually give him playing time, just like the Riley Ridley and, um, Travis Gibson situation. He's not getting enough touches. When he finally did, he got his first touchdown and believe in his first game playing. Um, so you got David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen coming off an ACL injury. So I hope he, we get to see him back and as just as explosive as ever. Um, and Artavius Pierce. Then um, the tight end position, you got Cole Komet and you know you figure out the rest as we go on. I believe we still have Holtz if I'm not mistaken, and we have a couple other guys. Um, I'm gonna check it out right now. Chicago Bears tight ends, just so you know. Um, everything's correct and I don't leave you guys in the wind but the tight end situation is very interesting to me and it's something I think you know not a lot of people take into consideration that we you know we have these conversations um the tight end situation is Cole Komet Demetrius Harris yeah we do, and JP Holtz I think that's fine I think if you find somebody else in the draft somebody six four or taller um just to be a body and just a block I think that's perfectly fine um also, I wanted to say you cut Jermaine Effetti. I don't know if he'll be on the team or not, but that is just not acceptable. Um, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with him. Experiment over. Um, now we're going to the offensive line. Like I said, we had um, either Alex Leatherwood or Rashawn Slater at left tackle. Then you have uh, right uh, left guard. Easy as, pe- easy as pie. You have James Daniels coming off a season-ending injury. I believe it was pectoral, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Cody Whitehair back at center. Then you have Sam Mustaford at, at um, right guard rotating with Alex Bars for the right guard and right tackle position. They can both play either. Um, we, we got to see that towards the end of this year. I think it looked good. I think it looked better. Um, I think they were able to protect David Montgomery better. Um, play calling. Play calling, I'm giving it to Bill Lazor. Full on. Unless Matt Nagy shows me otherwise. If Matt Nagy shows me otherwise, obviously he is the head coach um, going into this. I just don't trust him. But if he proves me wrong with someone like Matthew Stafford, then I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Um, it's someone that he wants to play with. It's a better version of Nick Foles. Um, he's more mobile. He's more dedicated. He's younger. It's one of those things where Matthew Stafford wants to win. You give him this defense. You give him these offensive weapons. It's going to work. And, and especially with Kenny Galladay here as well, who he, who he clicks with. And I, I think I'll have no problem clicking with guys like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Um, and, to a, and to a lesser degree... David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, another video for another day. Now, on the defensive side of things, this is where things get interesting. Um, right end, obviously, right off the jump, Bilal Nichols. Um, we're getting Eddie Goldman back, which is going to be amazing. Nose tackle. Um, left end, you got Akeem Hicks. We're going to be doing this all day long. Um, I think we still, I don't know if we have Edwards. Um, we have Daniel McCullers for defensive tackle, but I don't know. Uh, Mario Edwards Jr., I don't know what's going to happen with him. Brent Urban, I believe, will be back. Um, we have for the linebacker situation, and I love this. I love this so much. Um, Khalil Mack, Travis Gibson, 
that is going to be the starting um, pass rush for us. I think that's going to be solid. Um, linebacker core, we got Roquan Smith, Josh, Josh Woods, um, Danny Trevathan, and, and a few others. I think that's completely solid. Um, cornerback situation, Kyle Fuller, obviously, and, um, you know, we, Jalen Johnson coming off his surgery, or I don't believe it was a surgery, um, a shoulder injury that ended his season. Um, but it really didn't end. We, we really didn't know how long he was going to be out. We didn't understand how long he was going to be injured for. Um, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully he comes back fully healthy, but we'll see. Um, and then the corner you draft, that's perfectly fine. Safeties, Eddie Jackson, um, to Sean Gibson, possibly, or, or whoever his replacement is. Um, special teams. Obviously, I think you do bring back Cordell Patterson, but there is a chance that we don't. So if we don't, Tariq Cohen, I don't want to see him there. I think mm, I don't want to put Darnell Mooney there either for kick returning and punt returning. Um, so I guess we'll just have to figure that out. I think Artavius Pierce would be an interesting person to put at that position, especially because um, he is the third straight. So, you know, Kicking situation, punting situation, Cairo Santos, um, either Pat O'Donnell or a draft pick or, un, or a free agent, you know what I mean? Um, undrafted free agent at that too, so it's cheaper. But that's my situation. Uh, Sean, Sean, uh, uh, Sean Desai, I believe is how you say his name, a uh, defensive coordinator. I truly do believe this is going to be an amazing season for the Chicago Bears. These are all speculations. These are all just my opinions. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, this is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out.